Well, 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 we've made it another year around the sun. I know, it's hard to believe because thanks to the magic of a good skincare regime and a few injectables, I don't look a minute older. But I am thrilled to be back to bring you more festive cheer. This year, I've rounded up some more Christmas-obsessed pals to chat all things festive. It's light, it's fun, and it's so spectacularly camp. I am Brian Dowling, and this is Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. I hope you were all tucked up at home with a big cup of hot chocolate and ready for one of my favourite chats of the year. I've pulled in the big guns and got the one, the only, Nadine Coyle. Welcome to the penultimate episode, a word I just do not say enough, penultimate episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats, and we are joined by the fabulous Nadine Coyle. Nadine, how are you? Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas to you. I just love saying happy. Now, do you say happy Christmas or Merry Christmas? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think that if somebody comes at me with a Merry Christmas, I'll Merry Christmas them back. If they come with a Happy Christmas, I'll. But the most natural one, I would say Merry Christmas. I think Merry Christmas is quite American, but you lived in America for years. So I'd say Merry Christmas is probably more American. I once said to someone, I wrote on a card, Happy Xmas, and they called me out on it. And they said, no, you never say Xmas. You have to say Christmas. Because that's that's just showing that you've got too many friends, that you're writing too many Christmas cards. You couldn't be bothered halfway through to write Christmas anymore. You thought you'll swing on the Xmas. And your friend rightly so called you out on it, Brian. Nadine, you are 100% correct. <laughs> I was like, I remember when I, I have not sent a Christmas card in ages. And Arthur and I used to do pictures of us on our Christmas cards. I now look back and go... It's, I think that's tacky. For your face, are you saying that's cute? I think that's very cute. I've never done it, but I do think it's very cute. And that is a big, huge American thing. I remember, you know, we'd get them from the neighbours, people you've never met before. You know, the people working in the supermarket would like give you, and you're like, oh, you kind of get a look under their, you know, their family life. It's really quite intimate. I'm like, oh, okay. But I would like to see one of you in our third. From two people who've lived in America, don't you think the Americans celebrate Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's Day, but especially Christmas, they do it like on a scale bigger than anything us Irish people do? Yeah, it does. It really, really is unbelievable. They're really, they really go for it, as you say, any celebration, St. Patrick's Day. They're bigger on St. Patrick's Day in America than they are in Ireland. Anywhere you go. Where we used to live in LA, they would pump in fake snow (laughs) machines and I would run out in my shorts and t-shirt and be like, fake snow. You see, where would you get it? Where would you? That's Hollywood, isn't it? You've got the the full, like, just like build a dream that you're baking hot, but there's snow there and somehow it just feels right. Before we proceed... With this chat, Nadine, I just need to ask you if you have your passport with you just to check your age. Do you know what? 
um, I refuse now anymore. I've got to the age where I just now go backwards. And if anybody dares ask, I haven't aged a day over 23. And it's from, going to stay like that. From 1984 um, and 1986, there was no, a bit of confusion. I'm, 19, what am I, I'm in the 90s. Yeah. I'm born in the I, 90s. It's so funny. I think that is iconic. All of that. I seen it. I said it to you. We were out together recently and I said it to you. I'm like a fan. And I said it to you. And like, when I mentioned it to anyone that you were doing this and I was like, oh, I may just make a joke about a passport. And they went, oh my God, you have to do that. It is, it is so iconic. Do you see the fun in that? Or are you thinking it is so done and dated? I'm over it. Well, I mean, what bothered me most about that club is the makeup. It's like good grief. <laughs> I had a knew how to do my makeup properly. And, you know, it was like really heavy. And that was at the time when I only used a bronzer. bronzer. You needed to blend. You needed to blend. blend. You know, I used concealer for lipstick instead of where it's supposed to go. And, you know, so that's what really anything in that club, I'm like, oh, God, if I had at least like, you know, half decent, it wouldn't bother me as much. But speaking of passport, I have to get a new passport. I'm currently out of passport, which I realized <laughs> when I was in Dublin. My mommy was out of her. She was like, I need to get. And I was like, oh, well, you wouldn't catch me doing that after my whole passport. I would always have a fresh passport. <laughs> Can you imagine going into the Irish embassy and the girl's like, is this bitch taking the piss? Well, I went down to the airport and they were like, your passport's out of date. And I was like, okay, all right. Um... So, uh, can I get out? Am I stuck here? And, like, then, and then Linda Martin walks through the doors. <laughs> she walks through the door. Then Louis Walsh. And then it all kicks off. There's a musical kicks off in Dublin Airport. I just think it's so hilarious because you are still so young. And that is so iconic. And also when we went for lunch where we had a bottle of champagne of course mm-hmm, we also talked about the, the stuff online which you sang flower 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 you know the way god intended it that <laughs> is the way it was intended you've got the l-o-u-r you know i am just just convinced that that is the way that it should be said and that is just that I just love all these gifts of you on social media. I think it's absolutely fabulous. And I love the way you've actually embraced it and you're in on the joke with everyone. Oh, it's about a crack. When you look back over all the years of all the videos, all the promos, all the tours, and that's when you and Arthur, my husband, met. He was one of your dancers. He'd done all your tours. Any look that you go, oh no, I shouldn't have done that with the hair. Oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Or do you think, no, they were all amazing? Um, God, no, there was, there was, you know, some serious, like, shaggy numbers going on. So my hair's naturally really dark. Like, my eyebrows are dark, so my hair's, like, really, really dark. So somebody decided to lean into that and, you know, make it really dark, but also give me, like, really short layers. So it was some sort of, like, dodgy side fringe, like, all poofed out. And then they add Ansel to the Andre. They done, like, a blonde streak. You know, they make me look like extra, you know, kind of Corella de Volve. Edgy, edgy. Super edgy. And, you know, I had that teenage round face, you know, like chubby cheeks and these like short layers. It just, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good look. And you know, when people have those, you know, when they look back and, you know, people will say, oh, I love these pictures or I hated them when they were being taken. But I look back and think, wow, I looked amazing if I had have enjoyed how beautiful it was. I'm the opposite way. 
I thought I loved class. And then I look back at the pictures and I'm like, whoa, where did I get the confidence from? Look at the state of my. <laughs> but that's why you're a professional and you were selling it. I was selling that, whatever that was. Welcome to your episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. And tell me, Nadine, how has 2021 been for you? I feel like it's been a really disjointed year. If you think about the beginning of the year, um, Ireland was in lockdown. London was in lockdown. Most of the world was in lockdown. Um, And I was doing the homeschooling thing. We were in Donegal for that first lockdown. Then we came back to here, to to London. Everything's still kind of locked down. And then it started to open up slowly but surely. Um, All the while, you know, Sarah, poor Sarah, hasn't, you know, hadn't been well for a long time. So there was kind of that. I was getting to see her. You know, we were kind of getting to be together as much as we could, even though with the lockdowns. Um, And then you had the summer, which feels like it it went like that. Was there a summer when, you know, was the summer? Um, And now we're we're hurtling towards Christmas. So it almost feels like it's been like three or four different years within the one year. So I would say there's been been highs and, you know, some major lows in this year. And that's because we were also recovering from the shit show that 2020 was. And we were hoping 2021 was going to serve as something a bit more productive. And it kind of is changing slightly. But yeah, it's just the last 18 months have been tough on everyone. And then everyone has, as you were saying, their own personal losses and their personal struggles layered on that as well. Because that's just life. Yeah, that is. And it is to be expected that that we're going to have that. And then you add in, yeah, everything that everybody's been going through. People have really, really suffered in so many different ways. And I feel like as a collective, everybody, you feel that. You feel the heaviness kind of around you just in general. So fingers crossed that, you know, everybody gets a break and everything, you know, that we kind of have a a bit of time to like heal and, you know, move forward. Have you always loved Christmas? And what was Christmas like growing up for you at home? just brilliant really really magical my mom and dad just go crazy with it my mommy especially um she's already talking about stuff coming down from the attic from here um she just she even growing up she would put multiple trees up around the house she would always find something for us to do you know me and my friends go to the forest and collect twigs and then put out black bags for us and she would spray paint them and glitter and we could make different, you know, window displays and, you know, all the kids from around would love coming to my mommy's house. She would, you know, like everything smells like cinnamon, you know, comes to the closest thing to Christmas and it's just a cinnamon overload, just trying to squeeze the smell of cinnamon, the taste of cinnamon and everything. So I, they, they, my mommy and daddy have really taken it really seriously, which was great for us kids. Your mom really, like you're collecting twigs and she's like, here's some glittering snow, away you go. That's like Mrs. Claus level. She has, she does the house like Mrs. Claus. She really, really, it's like a grotto. When you go in, there's a huge, like six foot Santa right there. There's garlands all over the place. There's icicles outside. There's wreaths and all. She's got little, like lampposts along the driveway. They're all wreathed up. Um... 
Oh, just, uh, she goes, I mean, she really, really does. If I was more active on Instagram, I'm going to try to get more than I'm, I definitely want to show off our hard work because it looks so, so good. Well, I'm thinking this year, see, as you're a guest on Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats, yeah. I think when this episode goes live, you have to show us the work your mom has done. We demand it. You know, I will definitely do that because she's going to, she'll usually go back to um, Ireland early. She needs at least two weeks to do, or to do all the decorations. So she's going to go back. So they should be all done and I will, I will show you and it's amazing. Do you think you love Christmas so much now as an adult because of your mom and when you were younger and how you were encouraged to love Christmas? I do. I do. I mean, it was as soon as, um, as soon as the, the season comes around, it's the Christmas movies are on. Just, you know, the videos are out, the VHSs. And as soon as you come on from school, you put the video on and what is it you're going to watch? And, you know, it's just everything is kind of geared up towards Christmas. So you suddenly walk under this kind of different universe. It's like Christmas world, Christmas land, all the food. You have to have all the Christmas food because it's Christmas. You have to do all of these things because it's Christmas. Things you wouldn't usually do now are a necessity because it's Christmas. You might not lie with a blanket around you, but you need to lie with two or three because it's Christmas. A selection box for breakfast because it's Christmas. You would do it no other time of the year, but you must do it because it's Christmas. So that was very encouraging and still is. Eating till you feel sick, you have to. It's Christmas. (laughs) Do you find there's lots of pressure at Christmas and especially for parents as a parent Uh I mean you would think but because my mum you know does all of the hard work and the heavy lifting over Christmas I'm still like a child so I can still just enjoy it mummy will do all the decorations you know okay I cook the Christmas dinner I'll do the turkey and the stuffing and the hams and the side dishes and the starters and desserts but I'll do that the day before. So come Christmas Day, my mommy's like, well, I'll do the mashed potatoes, the roast potatoes, and, and steam the vegetables. So everybody has their own, you know, their own roles. And basically that that is mine. My mommy has set it up that it's just just it just be like a child. Just enjoy it. The trees are up, just sit and watch on TV. She really encourages. So there's a lot of pressure for my mom, but I'm always saying, don't pressurize yourself for something that's supposed to be fun. Don't stress yourself out to have fun because then that just cancels it out. So try to enjoy. And as long as we have, you know, everybody there and the food and, you know, heating on, then we should. A couple of candles, smell like cinnamon. You know, that's, we're on the Christmas vibes. Your mother must be absolutely exhausted come New Year's Day. Oh, that's that. She's just, she's come, come, um, the day after Boxing Day. That's the 20, December 27th, she's done. Yeah, she's done. And then she starts stressing out about having to take all the decorations down again. Yeah. And she's like, I hate when they have to come down. Just, this place is going to look so empty. It's just going to be so empty. Irish mammy. Irish mammy. Yeah. It starts, it starts again. And I'm going to have to put all these up, you know, for next year. And she swears every year that she's just going to throw them up under the attic and, you know, not spank up. And she never ever does. It takes another two weeks to do that. But it's what you say, I think, typical of an Irish mammy. It's the whole stress of getting it up. I sure I've got to get it perfect. I sure I've got to do all the dinners. I sure I've got to take it down. And it's almost like 
It's supposed to be enjoyable. It's not a chore. But as adults, we now know it is a chore. Yeah, there is there is definitely chores attached to that. And you see, I don't mind cooking. So that, I would do that all the time. And it's always, there needs to be a, you know, a load of food cooked just in case, you know, somebody's going to call on and God forbid they weren't giving a full three-course meal, you know, and stop to take away with them. God forbid. You're totally right. <laughs> the neighbour could call in here. Make something for them. Make a risotto <laughs> there, Nadine. There needs to be a bottle of Bailey's on. There needs to be something cooking. Quickly, quickly, quickly. There's a, dry, a car coming on. Quickly, 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 quickly. They may stop. They may stop. <laughs> I know, I know. So you enjoy cooking. So would you do the turkey, the ham, the roast beef? You would be capable to do all that yourself. Stuffing. Yeah, hey, I go that. you. I wouldn't have a clue. Oh no, Brian, it's brilliant. And then the thing is, if you do it, if you get your your side dishes sorted the day before, so they're literally just sitting there. So it's only a matter of you know heating up your stuffing or your cauliflower cheese or you've your cranberry sauce made or so you're really only doing. The turkey, which does itself, basically. And then you're doing like your mashed potatoes, roast potatoes. You know, in Ireland, we need like multiple forms of potato. At least five. <laughs> At least you've got to just cram them on every way. I'm thinking mashed. I'm thinking boiled. I'm thinking roast. I'm thinking baked. And probably croquettes, which are a form of potato. That's five. There we are. Maybe a few chips because some people just are, you know, just love their chips. Do you write a sweet potato fries? That's seven. There you go. Just we can find all I bet you you're one of these little bitches that I would hate that does all this prep, does the side dish and still looks stunning on Christmas Day. And I'm like, she has help. She's not doing this herself. (laughs) No, honestly, I don't. I mean, I I remember I think like some years ago, I think whenever I'd, you know, whenever I was a teenager and you would, you know, Santa would give you, you know, your first like makeup palette or your first, you know, like blow dryer or your first stuff. So I would go straight up, you know, to the room, like, you know, straight under the shower, like using every product and just looking like an absolute disaster, just every color on, just, you know, as we know, at a youngster, I was not good at makeup. I'll say so, again, blend. Just, just blend, you know, if I had learned, got a, a blending brush, you know, but alas, it did not happen. And for those listening, blend. Don't be afraid <laughs> to blend. Okay, Nadine, tell me, what yeah. does... Christmas mean to you? Christmas means definitely family time. Um, I was going to say downtime from work, but up time in terms of your socializing. Well, in most years, where you can just see people, where you just everyone's kind of calling on. You always have to have you know your gifts ready under the tree. To, you know they to give, and you're around doing your visiting, and it's freezing and. You know, a thing that we always do is there's always a few houses in Derry or surrounding areas that just go crazy with the, the lights outside and the Christmas decorations. You drive around, you know, to someone's house and you see and they've maybe got a wee charity bucket and you, you know, it's just, we've been doing that since I, as long as I can remember. And I love doing those things and having that with an eye as well to kind of experience all of those kind of like real Irish like Christmases that that we experienced growing up. I think the word there is tradition. Yes, you're right. That is the word. And how did Christmas change for you when you when you became a mom? Was it instant a Christmas that you go? It has to be more special when you have children and when Father Christmas is back 
at the house. It has to be another layer, something I've not experienced yet. But I very much look forward to that and going, this is so amazing. It's so, so amazing. See, I was really lucky. My um, sister, Charmaine, has four kids. So Santa's been coming to our house, you know, always. Santa's always made an appearance. And then Anaya was born and we were in LA for Anaya's first Christmas. And it was like, you know, what's, what does Santa, you know, what's Santa going to bring? What do you do? She's like, not even one yet. Um, so it was amazing. She got, she got so much stuff. She got stuff. We had a pool at the time. She got like pool stuff and like a little um, padded area for her to like crawl and roll around. And, and she would just sit down there for hours and hours. But coming down, that's actually caught on video and where I tried to get as matching stuff as much as we could from our side. And we we're all, oh, did Santa come? And you leave the stuff for Santa. But I will tell you, my and I, the Santa tracker. Do you know about that? Yes, I love that. It's fabulous. Right. I love it. And I hates, hates the Santa tracker. Why? Because she's thinking with every moment is getting closer and closer. Is she afraid of him? She's a bit afraid. She loves the idea, but the thought, like she makes me promise her every year. She's like, will you promise me that Santa will not come anywhere near my bedroom, that I will not wake up and Santa will be there? Because one year she got a stocking outside her door and it just wasn't. He was too close for comfort. Back (laughs) away, (laughs) too close. Back away in your red suit with your white beard. Feed your reindeers. Drink the beer. Stay in the living room. Give me loads of presents. Do not come near my room. Do not come near my room. So she makes me, she makes me promise. I'm like, of course, no, something won't deal. No. So this tracker, you know, if it gets, if the tracker's in Australia, because she knows that that's really far away. But if it starts getting, you know, aging closer to the end of your European countries. She's like, <laughs> what if, what if the tracker goes off and he's in Madrid? Is there a panic? Uh, she's like, it's too close. It's too close. Is that even that far on a plane? And he, you know, he works through time and space. No, quick. They have to have everyone in bed quick. Mommy, he's in Paris. Wee, wee, wee. So God love her. Right? She's this. Uh, I've had to remove the app. You could, I mean, if she was ever annoying you, you could, you could grab the phone and be like, I'm downloading the app. The Santa Tracker app. The tracker has been, it's been installed. And on Christmas Eve, you say to her, he's in Dublin. (laughs) Or or he's in London. She would freak out. He's in Moff. Santa's in Moff. Run quick with the wind. He's coming. Once he leaves Moff, he's on the way. What is it like for you when you were living in LA and you mentioned all the pool stuff? I've never not been in Ireland for Christmas ever, ever. And I'm 43. And I don't think I ever will not be in Ireland at home for Christmas. What's it like being in another country that's warm on Christmas Day? Yeah, the very first time I've done it, um, my... My family weren't even there. I was I was with the boyfriend who had came to Ireland for me with me the year before, maybe two years before. And then I was like, well, I have to, you know, I have to return the favor, but you know, what's it gonna be like and what's gonna happen? And so immediately it was it was so strange. We were in Rodeo Drive and Christmas Eve getting Christmas presents, and it was like, this is 
So it could almost feel like an outer body experience. And then we went for dinner, day hotel the next day, which is the first time I'd ever went out for dinner. And it was a buffet style thing. And it was, I know it was all just so out there, just, and because the time difference, you're so far behind. Eight hours, it's another day. It's another day. Everyone's on their Christmas night and you're just kind of getting up and getting organized. And were you sad? Were you sad? I was a bit sad. I was, I thought, you know, we'll just, this is an experience. We'll take it as an experience. Yes, you're making You know. This is an experience that won't be happening again. Yeah, I'll not repeat. This won't be repeated. And then every other time we were in um, LA, then the whole family was together for Christmas, which was more familiar. Isn't it so amazing, the word family? You know, I think that's the one thing you and I have in common is that family is super important to us. But isn't mm-hmm. it so strange that you had that experience and then you're in the same place, it's the same time difference, but you have your family with you and the sense of you being content. Oh, it makes such a huge difference. It's just, then everything's like, whew, you know, this is, this is what it is. This is what Christmas is. Otherwise, you can feel like you didn't have a Christmas experience. Because it is so attached to the family and it is so attached to us being together and, you know, the tradition, like you said earlier, of the things that we do or whatever traditions are. I remember back in the day when it was the VHS recorders and there was no internet, there was nothing. And I was living in the UK and the toy show would be on. And this was a time when you couldn't record on your phones. Like we're going back to the 90s, right? And I would feel... I was totally abandoned by my family, living and working for Ryanair as an air steward. And then I would come home and my mom, bless her, would have it on VHS and I'd watch the toy show. And she'd sit there with me and she would tell me the best part and stuff. But I felt like I was missing out on so much. I just wanted to watch the toy show. I just wanted to be home. Mm -hmm. Whenever... um... I was in Gareth's Lloyd. I would honestly say we were, so it was around Christmas time that we were in the band. We were Christmas number one. And then we came back to London, you know, from our homes. And I was thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I in a random hotel in the middle of London somewhere? I don't even know where I am. Like even areas and stuff. So it could have been like the moon may as well have been to me at this stage. And I was like, why why am I doing this? And then I remember thinking it was like all because I wanted to be a singer. This would be, you know, some wisecrack idea. But now my family's lives are moving on. I have nothing to do with it. I'm stuck here in a hotel. You know, nobody gives two dams about you. You know, you feel so sorry for yourself. And I remember speaking to Kimberly about it, and she was like, you know, there's fans, and there's this, you know, you've got fan sites, and I was like, fan sites. And she was like, yes, there's, you know, a thing called YouTube. I was like, YouTube? Like, what is this stuff? This was 1942. No, it was 1920. She set me up in the hotel reception with the internet and like, you know, it logged me under myself and all this stuff just to try to make me feel a bit more at ease that it wasn't all in vain, that there was actually people saying it wasn't just me suffering in silence and I will not in silence, but suffering in a hotel room. There was a point to it all. Isn't it so funny that you wanting to be a singer 
okay? And it's so amazing that I'm talking to you on an episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats and you actually had, you and the girls, a Christmas number one. Like, yeah. isn't that phenomenal that you've had? That is so iconic. But also, you wanted this, you wanted this, and then you get it, you're number one. But then the reality of it and being so young in a hotel and you're like, be careful what you wish for. Like, this is it. It's a weird feeling, right? It's such a weird feeling because you're thinking, yeah, this is, I wanted this, I want today, but I didn't, I didn't picture what 24 hours in a day would be like. You picture yourself in music videos and, you know, doing the whole bet and yeah, all of that stuff that you watch for years. You're not thinking, you know, the fact that you have to love there and the fact that you don't see any of your family or your friends. And as a 17 year old, it was really all my friends had just started going out and they were, you know, getting to the age where they can go on gears holidays. And it was like, oh, all I do is work and nobody even cares. And, you know, cause they're, you know, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a huge adjustment part. And there was bits of it that I was like, am I going to be able to stick this out? I just, maybe I'm just too much of a homebody to, to do this. Maybe I should just go back home. I now have visions of all of you. It looked like Sound of the Underground was filmed in a tube station. I've lived in London. We've shared experiences of being on the tube. Stories laughing because the tube is a crazy situation. You tell me fabulous stories of Kimberly taking you on the tube. But when I think of that song, it's the sound. That song is like, even now I'm getting goosebumps. It's iconic. It's fabulous. It's one of the most on Christmassy Christmas number ones. So two things. One, do you think it's a Christmas song? And two, what is it like having a Christmas number one? Sound of the Underground, it's just, it's aged so well. Just much like ourselves, Brian. Yes, it's fine just, wines, fine wines. Absolutely. Getting better with age. It's sorry, but it's not Christmassy at all. It's not even remotely Christmassy. But when we shot the video, it was so cold that I, my lips can't even read the words properly. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. you know, the sound of the like, sound of the sound of the underground. Like, it's not even, like, I can't even get that. So, so, so cold. So it felt so cold doing it and it did feel Christmassy around that time actually shooting the video and you know you know what TV's like they go crazy it's like Christmas is thrown up over every set that you go to and it's you know you just I discovered Pret-a-Manger with a Christmas sandwich and with a stuffing and this you know just so it feels like I remember that so clearly but now if I play Sound of the Underground now or if I sing it now I don't think yeah, this is definitely Christmas number one. This just reeks Christmas. It doesn't. And they have a Christmas number one. It was just mad. But I just remember just when they were like, you're number one. It was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> can I go Can I go home now? Can I go home? Is this, you know, we've got to this, the point of this. Like, can I just be released and just, you know, go home? And, you know, I went to Blue Water and I remember we just got paid. And I, I can't remember, but say it was like, Say it was like 20,000. Oh, wow. Back then? Millionaire, she's made, you've you've made it. I was in Baywater Shopping Centre and I remember I went to the cash machine and I thought, if I wanted to buy in here, I reckon I could. This is what I was so foolish. 
I spent it all on Christmas presents. Clearly, I wrote checks to people. I got a checkbook. I bought makeup from Mac. I went. You're making that? me laugh. Do you remember? I got my first checkbook in 1998, and I remember <laughs> going into a shop, and when I had to pay with check, I thought Billy Big Balls is here. Yeah. My shopping is five pound forty pence. I'll pay by check, please. Who am I yeah. signing it to? And then they had to check your card was valid. And you know when you rip it out and then you write in the stub shopping yeah. five. Oh, the checkbook. It was. It was amazing. It was. It was such. I uh, I went completely berserk and then realized that you know you can spend twenty grand and you know a day with nonsense with writing yeah, ten so. grand checks to people and you know like, no and you just think there's so much like, no honestly honestly like, it's too much you're like no no no, no I I'll, I'll get this I'll get this I'll get this and then you're broke then you're like loving and you're loving and white bread and that's up for the next three weeks. <laughs> When you guys were on Pop Stars The Rivals, I always remember that being at winter and being at Christmas. I remember that was you went against the boys and you all you girls come on SMTV Live. I was hosting it with Tess and the boys against the girls and we were so excited you guys were there. And I just remember it being, I think of that show, I think of it being Christmassy. But what was it like for you coming off that show, so successful, but shooting your very first video? Because that video has aged beautifully that song timeless mm -hmm. it really really is and again you're right the video has aged so well it was Paul Griffin um the video has aged beautifully as well and it was it was just it was a time of just sheer madness like as you know you were doing SMTV live that was every week there's all the stuff you're doing in between the week to get ready for the show at the weekend there's everything is so geared up to Christmas. They like preload all the shooting stuff. So as you can have two weeks off, say at Christmas, and then all the stuff that you've done then just plays out, which is actually fine when you're sitting at home watching yourself on top of the pops. But when you're knackered and you're, you know, your face is thick with makeup because it just keeps reapplying it from four o'clock in the morning and it's now 10 o'clock at night and you've got like your 15th layer of foundation on and you just feel you just feel like you just don't know whether you're coming or going, but still something about that feels Christmassy to me now. I expect now coming around Christmas to not feel like whether I'm coming or going, for there to be so much going on that you're just flung from pillar to post day. That is Christmas to me now. As you're talking, I'm remembering back of that time and what you're saying is you're also doing so much other stuff during the week to prep for Christmas and we pre-record episodes and shoot magazines and do all of that. But I'm thinking back now, I was 23, so young, living on my own in London. What age were you around 2001, 2002? Um, 2001. You were so young. 16, yeah. There you go. Okay, so that's yeah. so young to be doing all of that and to have that success and the fact you can go... I've come out the other side. Okay, we're here. Yeah. We're thankful. We're relatively yeah. normal. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, relatively. You know, and I had went from being in school where, you know, my daddy could write me a note to say, Nadine doesn't have her homework today because of X, Y, or Z. And I remember, like, thinking, I wonder if I could get my daddy to write a note. I wonder, if, I wonder if David Joseph Universal would accept a handwritten Can you note. imagine? Nadine can't perform on top of the pops tonight. She has a toothache. She has a toothache and a sore, and she just not feeling updates. She just really is not feeling updates today. 
And, you know, the day that I realized that my dad's handwritten notes won't mean anything anymore was a, was a really devastating day. It's a tough, tough darling. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Sandy the Degram being number one. It's an iconic song. But Nadine, what is your favorite Christmas song or songs? Songs. Your songs. So, um, another Christmas thing we used to do before I was in the band, we always done pantomimes. Yep. So my dad would have a lot of the time I started off as like a little, you know, like a little jewel, you know, when they have all the little kids and I think it was like a jewel in Aladdin's cave or, and then worked my way up to being Sleeping Beauty. Oh, you fought everyone else off to go from being a jewel to being Sleeping Beauty. Wow. I just worked my way through the ranks I did year after year. But they would always sing, you know, at the finale. So here it is, Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun. You know that one? No, I don't. <laughs> what are you on about? No, of course, no. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous song. It's such a good one. And they would always play that at the, at the finale, at the pantomime, you know, when everyone's on stage, you know, the crowd all sings. And it's got the perfect amount of shoutiness. You know, you can get about Larry on it. Love to love your journal. You know, you get all of this. But also you feel really, really Christmassy. Do you think there's any song from someone who is a singer and a performer, any song that you just love to sing at Christmas or any song that you go, that is the perfect song to sing? Like you enjoy singing it. I do. What's the song? Um, I'm doing a show next week and that's going to be the first Christmas it's going to be, yeah, the first um, Christmas songs that are getting added to the, the Christmas set. And it's um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Oh, that's a fabulous song. You can sing that quite campily. You can, can't you? You yes. really can. There's not that many words and all of the words, everybody knows them. Um, and you've got the payoff of the Santa Claus is coming to town. Ooh, yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town. So you get that, you know, you get the... The word, it takes you somewhere and then you get that big payoff. So that's a good one to sing. I wonder, could you sing Santa Claus is Coming to Town as a ballad? And could you slow it down? That would, San, no, that's Santa Baby. But could you do, how would you do Santa Claus is Coming to Town as a ballad? Is that possible? It it has, anything's possible to do as a ballad. You just need, um, you would need somebody on a piano or a guitar or um, what would be. um, I bet you would sing that beautifully as a ballad. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> like a really sultry. I haven't, I, that's a really good idea. To try and, and I'm sorry, you know, you are a judge. Your fabulous Irish television show. So I'm going to ask you, how would you rate my singing here? So hang on, here we go. Yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out. You better not cry. I don't know the words cause I'm making it up. Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Yeah. My thoughts are very creative. I love what you've done with the end of it there. You really made it your own. Thank you. Um, I think, I feel like you're holding back. I feel like you're better than what you're allowing us to I see. I am holding right back. Now. You're right. You're right. No. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put everyone else off. Exactly. Exactly. You're trying to be very humble with it, but just know that I see the talent that's with them. Just let it out. Oh, Jesus. You're good. That's a round of applause. Because <laughs> it was kind of shady, but in a really constructive way. That's why I liked it. 
We know your favorite Christmas songs. Talk to me. Is there a favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Do you remember? So this is like a, a like an early nineties one. It was called The Christmas List. No, I've never seen that. You see, it's very obscure. You know, people tend to not know it. And it was me and my sisters, me and Rachel's favorite one. And it was always hit or miss every year, whether you would find it or not. And then Rachel was like, oh, we can't take this risk anymore. It must be recorded immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sensible sister. Okay, we're waiting for it every year. Let's just fucking record it. <laughs> Let's just record it. That's their only option. So it's about, and the acting's really bad, but it's, you know, the sentiment, like always, Christina movies, she, um, you know, she's looking for love, she's looking for a family, she's looking for friends, she's looking for, you know, all of the stuff. She's in an apartment, you know, she she goes to the, you know, the really Christmassy, um, like, department store, shopping center, and then she writes, um, you know, what her list is. So anytime she puts on this list, then her wish comes true. So it's just every time she puts them, this comes through and it like happens so organically. And then it's, this is happening. And when does she, how many, how many things in on the list has she cottoned on to going, Jesus, this is happening. Yeah. It it takes her a minute or two, but she said something about a new car. And then suddenly somebody pulls up and there's a new car. And they're like, this is your car. She's like, oh no, that's not mine. Yeah. like, yeah, it's your car. And she's like, what? Sorry, is this a comedy? I don't think it's meant to be. Okay, I need to watch this. You need to look for it, you know. And I wish I said to Rachel too the other night. I was like, we really need to find because it's been a few years. VHS is lost. We need to check. We need to DVD this (laughs) Netflix. We need to Amazon it, Disney Plus. We've every app there is. All of them. So Rachel's going to do the deep dive to try and find out where the Christmas last is. I'm laughing because there has to be a payoff. She can't just keep asking for stuff. Oh, there's a twist. There's, there's, there's always a love interest, right? So that, yeah, there's definitely a love interest. And is this the love interest or is this the love interest? Yeah. Which one is the guy that she thinks she wants, the guy that she should be with and gets, or is it the one least expected? I'll not give away the story. Don't ruin it for me because we all know, we all know that sometimes the guy you think you should be with, you should never be with that guy. They've revealed themselves in some, you know, Christmas moment, you know, they walk past someone or they're rude to someone and the light bulbs start to go off and your future is, you know, and it's like... I'm like, he's not eating a curly whirly for breakfast. He's (laughs) he's not for me. He's not the one, no. He's not the one. (laughs) Nadine, best Christmas memory. Best Christmas memory. Oh my goodness. You know, there's, I feel like every year I try to find a moment to be like, right. And it's, you never know it at the time. It's always then afterwards what, what is great. And last year, um, because I was super organized and I all my, my prep cooking done the day before, I was able to, <laughs> I was able to, lie on the sofa and you know when you're up you don't sleep right there's the excitement there's the santa tracker app is like buzzing all night long you're blackmailing her with the app we get it <laughs> you're wondering what's happening all night um and then so i fell asleep on the sofa and you know there's butts of like wrapping paper there's butts of selection box there's like chocolate you know as you say curly whirlies that you've fallen asleep on half eaten is like there and you're just asleep just on the sofa and there's like madness going on and somehow you're just in this really peaceful wonderful sleep and 
something's on TV, something really Christmassy again, and you know the Christmas music blaring from one room and the tea, and just yeah, that's just that that peace and that just happiness of if all is right with the world, all is right in this moment. You have just verbally described the perfect Christmas. Yay! Yeah, that was it's. That was the best thing last year. On the flip side, I do have to ask, that was a fabulous Christmas memory. Is there one not so memorable for whatever reason? You know, I'd probably have to say the one where I was in LA without my family. That would be the one where it just didn't even really feel like Christmas. It was, you know, we were doing, you know, the Christmas stuff. Um, everything was great. Everybody was lovely. You know, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It just wasn't Christmas that I was used to. So I feel like I missed Christmas for that entire year. And Christmas the year before, and then I didn't have Christmas again until the following year. So very thankful I, you know, that that's kind of probably the worst thing that's happened. Thank God, touch wood, touch wood. Touch it, touch it, touch it. I love the way. In case, by any miracle, anyone you spent that Christmas with is listening. You went, and they were all lovely, and it was a lovely time. Of course, absolutely. For fear anyone, this would get out or get back to anyone. I like you. Your media, Your media training is exceptional. <laughs> any come up, it's like, I don't need any phone calls. I'm saying, and you said, and you know. You you implied you implied with your tone and you're like I implied nothing. I said everyone was fabulous. It was a fabulous time, but it was an experience I didn't quite enjoy. It's an experience that I didn't repeat. You know, yes. there was there was talk about like hiking. You no, know, no, you know what I mean. No. Christmas day. It's just when we lived in LA, early. Arthur was obsessed with hiking. Griffin mm -hmm. Park. We've done that all the time. The observatory there, we hiked up to see the Hollywood sign. And it's like those things you go, we're living in LA. This is fabulous. We've got a lovely car, Range Rover type thing. We can drive all that. The Hollywood sign. And then you're like, oh, there's a sign there that says, beware of snakes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see this on Instagram or which one? <laughs> rattlesnakes. Be careful of the bears and the wild cats. Yep. Sorry, where's the Hollywood sign? They don't, they don't, they don't sell you that on the side, do they? They don't. They do not sell you that. And the coyotes that you can hear howling, oh, right? That if you're staying in the Hollywood halls, you have to go out with like a baseball bat and start like making a wild out of racket, you know, start like banging like doors and stuff to like try to. And you're thinking, yeah, this wasn't on Instagram. This wasn't part of the package. And also the fact that the roads are so bad. With like massive debits, they're like, you know, the rooms in Donegal are twenty times better than that. I'm like, dear God. But also, I'm like watching The Hills with Heidi and Lauren Conrad. I'm watching the city. Time. I'm watching yeah. the Kardashians. That's the LA I want. But I don't have their money, so I have to beware the coyotes and the snakes. Yeah, you do. And there could be a snake. I remember somebody saying to you, like again on the hills, like. Oh, just be careful of that tree. You know, don't sit under the tree because there could be a snake in it. I was like, shut up. You're taking my hand out of me. He's like, oh no, Nadine, come away. I was like, oh my God. That's not on side. No. Stop out of doors for the foreseeable. And Arthur just Happy said to Christmas me. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me and that snake <laughs> that just bit me. Arthur would say to me, oh, I miss uh, living in LA. And I'm like, watch. I'm like, straight away. 
What do you mean you miss living in LA? You're not happy in Ireland. He's like, oh no, no. The car spaces when you park are much bigger in LA. Whereas here, Brand Thomas Car Park, those parking spaces are teeny tiny. Because anytime yeah, he goes, yeah. he misses LA. I'm like, what do you mean? You're not happy with me in Ireland, are you not? He's like, oh no, it's the parking spaces. Calm down. Arthur, when he talks to me about you and all of the girls, they is still one of the happiest times. You're smiling now when I, I'm saying this. The happiest times he tells me. Doesn't tell me a lot because when you guys get together, I'm like, Arthur, how come you never told me the story? I didn't know this was happening or you were singing that on the tour bus. He had such an amazing time. And I would say probably one of the best jobs I think he's had as his career, I think was touring with you guys. Just the memories he has, videos, pictures, and the antics all of you girls got up to. He just, he loves those memories. Oh, amazing, amazing memories. And Arthur, <clears throat> I see him, right? And, you know, he's got such an infectious personality. So Arthur was, everybody loved Arthur. Everybody. There wasn't, you know, like anybody in bad form. You can be in bad form with Arthur. There's no such thing as a bad day, but always have this like amazing ability to bring everybody together and bring everybody up. Um, so he just, uh, absolute just, irreplaceable just in terms of our experiences and how much he brought to all of that it was amazing i remember when arthur and i broke up and he was going on tour with you guys you girls were adamant to get us back together i remember they were like well how's brian he's like well this is the guy i'm now and but they'd be like oh but we really like brian yeah how's brian? no we're how's... like no no, yeah. no no yeah no. i'm like thank you girls and it worked it worked. Yeah, so thank you. This, this won't work, Arthur. This is just not going to work. Just, I don't know. Either. It's got to go. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> I'm remembering something. Kimberly done the first season and she told me something. And I can't remember exactly, but what's the most extravagant present, Christmas present you've ever received or given? Kimberly told me, I think you guys got gift cards from Harrods. Yes, and I think does. she said it was something like 10 or 20 grand on it. And she was like, WTF. We done something for um, Harold's video parade. Um, and again, like super Christmassy stuff. When I left, I was sick. I think I got pneumonia after that day. You're and not really people... selling me your time as having no, a Christmas not... number one. <laughs> I was locked in a room. They wouldn't let me out. I had pneumonia. We had a number one. <laughs> Daddy, write me a letter. <laughs> Please write me a letter. No, Dad, because we had coats on, right? So I have a pair of like black tights on. We all just had coats, nothing underneath the coats, you know, in tights. And we were put on, you know, on cars to be driven through the streets of London. It sounds so fabulous in camp. It, it, it was. It looks great. That's what I mean. All the stuff looks yeah. great. This is how it actually, as you're literally chattering, you're, you know, your back stuff. You're trying to wave. You know, when you start to step up and you're like, Yes. yes. I'm so cold. Hello, sound of the underground. The, the beat goes around and around and around. <laughs> Please no. And then we done um we done a signing on there. So I think maybe as part of the payment or as part of something, they gave us these black cards cards. And there was, but you know what was amazing about this? Not only did you have the card, but when you would walk around Harwich, you were given a personal shopper. Oh. So this person, they would think you would wow. speak, you would say, I'm coming on today. So they would walk around with you and you would go on to whatever shop it was and you would say, right, say it was a toy shop. And you'd be like, 
so for my nieces and nephews and everything for their Christmas present, but like, okay, this doll and this bottle to go with it and this wardrobe and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And you would point at it and they would take it up to a room upstairs. So when you're just walking around, you know, just point at whatever you want. You then go to your room and they're like, do you want tea or champagne? I'm like, both. You Thank know? you. You know, thanks. I have both. And then you look at all your stuff then. It's like, you know, this so magical. And then you pick what you actually want in the piece of your own room with your champagne and, you know. And your per- and your personal shopper. And your personal shopper, which is like all your stuff's all like set up beautifully. And then you pick what you want. And then they wrapped it. Yes. In amazing thick, hard wrapping paper. Bows. shipped it to Ireland for me. So this like truck ride and all of this like you know beautiful wrapping paper was all they out. shipped it home for you shipped it home wow now that is that was worse pneumonia <laughs> you are giving me mariah carey vibes and i'm living for it Oh, it was great, like a dark brown, kind of like cock, cock, crocodile um, wrapping paper, like, like really thick and like thick gold. Oh, it really was. I remember Shady. going into Selfridges and getting some stuff and they wrapping everything for me. I have six sisters, so back in the day, right? And doing it all, but they didn't ship for me. I would then, this is no word of a lie, would fly out home from Gatwick or Heathrow. I was living in Clapham at the time. I would have to bring all of these on the airplane. And back then you could bring anything you wanted so much on, you know, on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Well, the lockers would be filled. There'd be toys and dolls making noise. There'd be teacups crashing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a UK number one. They weren't shipping this home for me. I was the postman. You say, but I mean, look, you put the work on your six sisters. Must have been so happy to see you arriving. Yes, Fine. of course. I was hunched over in the cold wearing a jacket with nothing else under it. Only a pair of tights. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> with pneumonia. Sound in the underground. Yeah. I'm thinking you probably don't. You weren't disappointed because I think you're so genuinely lovely and nice. But any Christmas when you got something and you went, ah, here, is this like, no. That you kind of were a bit miffed with a gift or something and you thought, mm, you, you, you missed this. Or no, have you always been lucky? Oh, she has something. No, I'll tell you one. And this is so, this is, and I don't know, you know, just was really bad luck. And I think it was before I had started, you know, in the band or doing anything, you know, you know, obviously wanted to be a singer and stuff. My family were all, were really supportive. And you know, my sister, Rachel, she's a real character. So she was so sweet. And she had a mini Christmas present all wrapped up. And it was this like, you know, with long box, you know, this way. And um, and suddenly I get this notion in my head of, can you believe people give people pens sometimes for Christmas? I must have seen it off the town and you can buy pens. And can you imagine giving somebody a pen for Christmas? Like, why would you give someone a pen? Turns out it was a pen that Rachel had got for me, that she got my name engraved on it. And she said it was for me doing the autographs whenever I became a singer. Oh, okay. Oh, this is turned. This is so beautiful. I know. And there's me hammering it. 
somebody giving somebody a pen and like really going for it, like really thinking I'm just like ram with this whole thing. Because I'm thinking, what age are you? A hundred? She's giving you a pen, right? Calm down, Rachel. Pen. What do you do with a pen? Like seriously, do you want me to like write, you know, you a letter? Like what is a pen? Do you want me to sign another check for you, Rachel, with me pen? <laughs> But the flip side is she knew you wanted to be a singer. She believed yeah. one day you would be a superstar and you could sign autographs. I could sign autographs of me and Grave Pen that she went and got for me. I know, was her and obviously, you know, if I was if I was fifteen, she would have been thirteen. So, you know, you're scraping your pennies together and she went and got her you know, got it engraved and that was our thought process and everything. And I'm like, oh, I just get you in the heart. Let me just take that knife out of my heart, Rachel. And <laughs> you just put it in my back. Uh, you just put it on, Rachel. Go do it, do it, do it. I deserve do it. it. <laughs> now, I'm asking this question with love. Do you still have the pen? Oh, geez, I panicked. Couldn't tell you where that pen went. It was, you know, me pens, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're like, oh no, I lost that a week later. I've no idea where it is. Do you much writing now in these days? But Did you thought, sign an autograph with it? Uh, probably to Rachel. I probably. You know, I used to sign me school. You know, when you were, your teachers would give you bad comments. Yes. Your parents were supposed to sign yes. you any daddy's autograph with those pens. Yes, I do realize the dean hasn't done a homework since 1992. She's going to be a superstar singing outside Harrods with Eumonia. She doesn't need to do homework. Really loving her life. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, the answer here is going to be yes, because you said about pantos, but did you ever take part in any nativity plays at school? And if so, what part did you play? I'm hoping Mary. I, I, you know, I remember doing it once, there being one nativity play. And I wasn't Mary. And I was trying to think. I was like, what did I do? And then I remember clearly having coconuts. So I think I played the part of the donkey. Oh, the clop clop on the floor. <laughs> I'm thinking coconut bra. And I thought, why would she wear one of those in an activity play? Yeah. And I was thinking, why am I thinking the tubby coconuts? Why did, I, why did I have like coconut shells? And that's why I was the donkey. So uh, that was my contribution to as the donkey walked from Andy M. You know, I, that was my big competition. And I am hoping, I am hoping when you were the donkey, there was a child on top of you playing Mary. Because <laughs> that would give me life. No, I don't, I don't remember that. I, I just, oh. We all kind of like stood in a, like in a kind of a half circle situation. And Mary, obviously, the Mary and Jesus, you know, and Joseph, obviously, the main characters. So we're just the supporting cast, you know, just kind of just around, just clap, clapping away there. Or, you know, but, I didn't even have a line. Like, I wasn't even a wise man or nothing. I just, you know. But thinking in your mind to a few years later, you have that Harrods Black Card, a personal shopper, Christmas exactly. number one, and they're shipping home your presents. I mean, I don't even think such wonderful things in those, you know, was that even possible? And then I was thinking, think, you know, fast forward to a few years after that when I played bashful in a pantomime and didn't have to speak one word, you know? Because he was too shy. He was too shy. You know, it was, I was a character, a character actor. And then you were Sleeping Beauty. And then he doesn't speak either. She sleeps for half the show. (laughs) You know? (laughs) There's a wrong theme. (laughs) You're getting really easy, but yet main roles here Sleeping Beauty is a main role she didn't speak Bashful is one of the seven dwarfs he's too shy can't speak 
Exactly. So I did, I sang a song with Bashful. It was, it was a moment. It was Bashful doesn't speak. And then all of a sudden sang this beautiful song. You know, so I had a moment and then Sleeping Beauty just flies there the whole time, you know, just kind of like text on the whole stage from lying asleep like when I opened like <laughs> who's that <laughs> there was my teacher from school I can see her I'll show you I was a donkey two years ago now I'm sleeping beauty exactly and whenever you ask me for my homework tomorrow I'm gonna be like miss seriously you saw me on the stage last night I'm so busy I'm, like, I'm so busy at what point do I have time to do homework when I'm you know all these lines to learn <laughs> and Nadine your very last question hopes plans wishes for 2022 oh this is you know this is where you get deep isn't it yeah you're like really i'm hoping that everybody is given a bit of a break that everything seems really quite heavy it feels like there's some kind of a change coming it feels like you know we've had cases are dropping or rising again or we're still on that but I'm really hoping that we're going to have some sort of a collective break that people can kind of, people are really, really suffering. And that, you know, for whatever reason, we can kind of see to the end of this tunnel and see kind of happiness and positivity. And that next year kind of gives us a bit more of a chance to kind of lean into what we really want to do um, and kind of be more aligned with what it is we kind of really want to do. I think there is light at the end of the tunnel and that's a very long, dark tunnel. But what I realized was I have to be responsible for my own actions and what I bring on a daily basis. So I've told myself next year, I'm going to be the most positive, upbeat, polite and best version of me I can be. Because mm -hmm. I think next year, I deserve to do that and I want to do that because it's been shitty for whatever reason. And if we all have that attitude, we can make it better for ourselves and for everyone around us. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely beautiful. That should be, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of that inspiration and try to just really push under that to try to force myself to be the happiest version to find I love trying to do that to those when you try to find what the good thing is in the situation and deliberately try to just do that because as you say if we all do it we're all sitting in a better place with each other that is going to be my Christmas present to you take it reach your hands out I'm stretching take it from me take it take it take it you're welcome and you didn't need Harrods to deliver it for you I'm giving it to you from soul to soul I'm receiving it. Isn't, isn't it so true that as we get older, I've said this before, I'm sounding like a, I'm on fucking repeat, but as we get older, isn't it amazing what we learn about life and how my mom used to always say, my gran, it's the simple things. I'm like, no, it's not the simple things. I need this, I need this, I need this. I need to go here. I need to wear that. We need to be driving this, need to live here. I need to look like this, need to lose 10 pounds. So preoccupied. And as we get older and growing older, you go, they were right. Absolutely. They were right. They loved it. They know what they've got to the point. And it wouldn't have been great if we could have got to this point younger. And I think what's great now, schools, like education and stuff, are pushing kids more onto that. 
making it more important to just enjoy the simple things or work on yourself or your mindfulness and things that was just not even in anybody's vocabulary when we were growing up. But our mothers and grandmothers were like, it's the simple things. This is what it is. And that is the crux of it all. Just enjoy the simple things. So yes, 2022, enjoy the simple things. Nadine Coyle, thank you so much for guesting on Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. Thank you so much. And I want to wish you the biggest, happiest, merriest campus Christmas celebrations. And I can't wait to see you again to have another bottle of champagne just like the last time. Just like the last time. Brian, thank you so much for having me. Happy Christmas, you Arthur, and all of your family. Happy Christmas, darling. Lots of love.